Well, welcome to another episode of Breaking Away from the Rat Race. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Joshua Miller. Uh, he's a real estate investor, but mainly an entrepreneur. Like he has done all kinds of different businesses. And, and now uh, after building 120 uh, doors in, uh, in real estate, in rental properties, he is currently uh, owning uh, or operating a lead generation business. So we'll talk all about that in a moment. Joshua, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, so, so interesting journey. Uh, so why don't you start by telling us a little bit about it and kind of like how you went from, you know, your job to uh, building that real estate portfolio and now to uh, the lead generation business. Yeah, so uh, I graduated college, went in straight into the typical corporate job as an engineer, actually for Chevron. So it had that whole pension plan and that's where I thought it'd be for the next 40 years. Uh, my mentor, uh, he ended up working all the way till he was 75, retiring and passing away six months later. And so when that happened, that was really my like aha moment of, wow, is this really the destiny for me? And, uh, that made me start looking at alternatives of how I could generate wealth without giving away 40 years of my life. And, um, I actually bought my first rental in 2013. And it made, it was great. Uh, I remember uh, I had a, uh, an uncle in Las Vegas and he calls me up. He's like, Hey, you can buy these homes for like 30 K. Uh, and I was, I was like, well, um, I, I want to buy a car. And so I ended up buying a car and said, uh, unfortunately that house is probably worth, you know, 300,000 now, <laughs> but I ended up buying one rental in 2013, doing nothing uh, up until about 2016 when I, I was like, man, this is, I just need to take action. I need to do something. Yeah. Uh, so I set up a Google ads campaign and didn't know what I was doing. So set up nationwide and this guy in uh, uh, Wickershaw, Wisconsin, you know, I'm from Los Angeles, California. So yeah. I have no clue what's going on out there. He responds to my ad and says, yeah, I need to sell my house. <laughs> and he wanted, I don't know what it was, like 80000 I call a local realtor up. He's like, yeah, uh, I'll sell it to you for, um, that house is worth probably 100 I was like, well, shoot, eighty grand to hundred. I'm like, I, I don't think I can do this. I call the owner. I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't give you eighty. So he calls me back. Anyways, he keeps calling me back and talking himself down. And I, I was finally like, well, what's You're quite a on? negotiator there. Yeah, I was like the best, <laughs> not knowing what I was doing. And uh, it turned out he was going to lose the property to the city for back taxes at the end of the month. And he really, he had to get rid of it or he was losing it. He owed about uh, $35,000. So long story short, I told him, look, you know, I told him the truth. Um, I don't even have the money, but I will see if I can get it. And if I can, will you accept 40? So you at least have 5K to walk away with. He said, sure. So I went on to the site, Bigger Pockets. I literally posted, will anyone lend me money on my first bill? <laughs> Somebody actually did, which is unbelievable. Gave me the full amount, said, I just want 10%. Um, doesn't matter if you sell, give me back my money in a day or a year. I want 10% back. I said, fine. Yeah. Closed on that deal, called the realtor up. He's like, yeah, it's probably worth one. That was right. He says, it's probably worth like 120. Um, I'll buy it to you. I'll buy it from you today for a hundred. I was like, okay. 
And uh, so Scott, insanely lucky. Those deals never, never, never happened. But yeah. it just so happened on my first deal. And that oh. got me hooked. Yeah. So still took me another two years to quit my corporate job. But I started buying homes nationwide after that. Uh, literally advertising, buying, closing, um, listing them with a local realtor. I didn't know about wholesaling. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, did that about 30 states, realized that I just had another job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, decided I wanted to get into the rental business. And okay. so, I switched to that exclusively, uh, ran the numbers. I'm a data guy and chose the Midwest, uh, Omaha, Nebraska, yeah. and uh, set up shop. And the rest is history. So, did that for another year. Um, acquired 120 rentals and then uh, said, I'm done. My goal was hundred. So when I reached 120, I, I said I was done working and yeah. uh, could live passively. So yeah, that's my story. Sorry. That took a little longer than I oh, no, no, this is all fine. I mean, we're just uh, so interesting. So you're a data guy. So I'm also a data guy. I'm a math, uh, math. I did, I studied the actuarial mathematics actually at university and worked as an actuary for a while. And um and so statistics is, is a big thing. And, and when we started looking for markets, we, we live in California and we were looking for a market. We knew that California was, uh, if you're looking for cash flowing properties, uh, the returns don't really make sense. So we started looking for other markets. Uh, and then I collected a whole bunch of data uh, from BLS and from uh, Census Bureau and all that, that stuff and kind of collated that. And then really say, well, what, what's the market? Like, what, how do I pick the best market? And um, so, you know, I had like landlord friendly. I had, uh, you know, sustainable growth in population and in business diversification and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I collated all, all, all of that. And then we picked like a couple of markets and we decided to go Memphis. We decided to go Cleveland, St. Louis. And that's how we did that. So what were some of the criteria that you used on your side to, uh, to decide about, uh, about Nebraska? Yeah, uh, it, it's been a few years. It was 2017 when I picked it. But the biggest one for me is I thought we were going to crash. Like I was sure at any moment, especially since I had like 30, was working in 30 different states, had a ton of homes on market. I thought any minute the market's going to crash. I'm going to be like, how do you feel now? Homes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that was to me the biggest thing is I yeah. wanted a, a, a place where it's flat. And that was Omaha, Nebraska. Nothing happens. The home prices don't go up. They, yeah. There's zero appreciation. And that's what I was looking for. Yeah. So that when there was a crash, my homes would still cash flow. And if you know I had to sell for whatever reason, I wouldn't be crazy underwater. So that was my biggest one. Uh, followed that with definitely affordability. I wanted a place where if interest rates skyrocketed, whatever happened, that the, the, the amount of money people make to what the home prices are yeah. correlated with the interest rates, it, it was incredibly affordable. Yeah. So that was a big one. Um, I love John Burns. I'm not sure if you're familiar yeah, yeah. with all of his oh, data. Yeah. Um, his book, Big Shifts Ahead, had just come out. And oh, I read yeah. it like my Bible. I love that book. Yeah. Uh, and it was telling me not to go to Omaha. It said, you know, the whole entire population was going to the Southwest or sorry, like Florida, Texas, yeah. Tennessee. Uh, but if I, if you looked at the population of Omaha, Nebraska, it was steady. 
you know, yeah. no, it's not going to get that appreciation. It's not going to get a crazy amount of people moving in, but it's not decreasing. So to me, yeah. I didn't want to see uh, a loss in population when choosing my market. So um, those were the two big ones. And then, of course, uh, because I bought everything off market, I was really looking at the competition as well, yeah. where I could find less competition. Uh, yeah, Austin would have been an incredible market, uh, but there's just so much competition there yeah. that I, I, I wouldn't have fought, got a fighting chance. So yeah, those were probably my big ones. I learned later, it's so localized though. So you can find <laughs> one of the best markets in the world in a suburb of Austin. And so there might be a tiny little pocket in there yeah. that would have worked. I was looking at it a little bit too macro at the time, but uh, yeah, it, it worked out. Yeah. So you really focus at the beginning, you sound like you were kind of like going nationwide on buying properties, but then you decided to focus in a specific market. Yeah. Um, so, and, and why was that? Why did you decide to focus? Um, well, I wanted, I wanted to get, I wanted to stop working and I was making yeah. all this money, uh, but I was still working so hard and I wanted, I wanted that passive that was the end of the goal, yeah. not to work for the next 40 years, yeah. to leave a legacy for my kids, to essentially uh, to get out of the rat race. So love your love your yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you can't do that if you're just buying and flipping. You can't yeah. do that if you're just wholesaling. The yeah. only way to do that in real estate is to build up a rental portfolio or yeah. um, or invest in syndication deals, one of those two. But yeah. Uh, to me, it seemed like, uh, the rental business had the most, the single family homes had the most benefits with the, I'm sure I don't know them by heart, but the taxes, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a good point. And I think, uh, in my book, I talk about like the st strategy alignment, right? So you have your goal of achieving financial freedom and stuff like that. And then in order to do this, you have to generate passive income, and then that's when they start to look at strategies. This is when people are starting to frail and then kind of like go in all kinds of different directions and go for the next shiny object because they look at it and say, oh, I'm only making like 10% on my, uh, my rental and stuff like that. But I could be flipping and I could be making 20%. So it's like, yeah, but yes, you, you could. But then this is not passive income. Then you would be, after you're done your flip, then you're going to have to find another flip. And then you're going to have to, you know, find another hard money lender, PML or whatever, and then the contractor, blah, 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 and repeat. Same thing with wholesaling. I mean, this is, it is a lot of work unless you, you create an organization and the process in place and you just kind of, you can put that on autopilot somehow and then back away. Uh, but that takes a while to, um, to get there. But yeah, I think this is, uh, this is very important because it's realizing that your strategy, how you're planning to achieve your goal. If it's not in line with your goal, then in, in your situation, you basically created another job for yourself. Yeah, you were not work, working for, uh, for the oil company anymore, but now you were just working, looking for houses every day. And, uh, you know, it was, it's hard work as well. So, yeah, absolutely. And it comes back to also doing what you love and what you're good at. And that's something I, uh, I, I, I'm, I know there's people that have done thousands of properties in a very short amount of time. So 120 is not that impressive, but for me, it was my goal. And so I had my goal of hundred and I stuck to it and yeah. 
that that to me was success. Another thing that really benefited me is sticking to what I was really good at. So yeah. I knew from day one, I was good at the data side. I was good at the marketing side and I was horrible at sales. So I did that one phone call with that one owner the first time yeah. and I bought hundreds and hundreds of more properties. I never spoke to another seller. I've actually, there's one other person. So I've talked to two sellers uh, in my entire career. Um, I know I'm not very good at organization. And, uh, and so I hired an operations manager. So from day one, when I said I want oh, yeah. to go into business in 2016, while I was still working full time, I hired out all these yeah. different people to run the business. It's incredibly complex with the, I think there's 50 different job roles in a yeah. real estate investing business. Yeah. And it's impossible to do them all at scale. So realizing what am I good at putting my name in those boxes and then outsourcing yeah. the rest uh, yeah. really helped me tremendously. And uh, to this day, I, you know, I talk to folks quite often who uh, are just getting into real estate investing and they're trying to learn everything. And I tell them straight up, like, yeah. look at, don't like, what, yeah. are, what are your <laughs> skill sets? What are you good at? What do you yeah. enjoy doing? stick yep. with that and outsource the rest. So as far as turnkey properties go, I refer a lot of people to turnkey properties, not yep. because I don't think they're smart. They might be incredibly smart, but actually I just talked to a dentist, right? Yep. He makes uh, $300,000 a year, incredible, owns his own place, like very successful. And he was trying to quit to become yep. a real estate investor. I was like, no, man, like the amount of time it's going to take you to learn everything and the amount of money that you're going to make, like go and just invest your money. Like yeah. by far, that's going to be the best strategy for you. You spend all this time and effort and you built this clinic, keep it running, um, yeah. automate that before you try to create another business. Cause yeah. I think that's a big folly that people get tricked into is thinking that this is just like an investment strategy. It's yeah. not, it's a business when yeah. you start exactly doing, start doing it all. So yeah, yeah learned yeah, a lot. That's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, we have we have dentists as well. We have very smart people uh, that that invest with us. And the thing is that, you know, you don't have time if you're working full time as a dentist or a doctor or whatever. You don't have time to start looking at properties and in you know in the Midwest and say, oh yeah, this is the right market. I'm I'm gonna buy this house and then signing, going to the notary and get things signed up. And then the, the, all of that, organizing the contractor and all of that, you don't have time to do all that kind of stuff. So, and, and my recommendation to them is, if this is something that really interests you, get to a point where you have sufficient passive income, build a passive income portfolio. And when you get about 80% of your, of your living expenses are covered, at least 80%, then start thinking about, okay, that I'm going to go once my living expenses are covered, then I'm going to go and do that and jump and then and then do that full time because it's going to take a while to get familiar with the with the real estate investing and then put your team together and then your process together. So, yeah, so I totally agree with that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it sounds sexy. It's like yeah. so many gurus are out there selling it like it's uh, so, so, um, so simple, but there's so many steps involved. Yeah. And I, I mentioned this to you before the call about you don't make your money when you buy, you make your money through good contractors and through good um, uh, property management, because yeah. unless you're flipping, I mean, yeah, flipping, you make your money when you buy, but yeah. with rentals, it's a, it's completely dependent on 
uh, the property management and finding a good one is that's a business in and of its own, as I'm yeah, sure yeah. you're aware. Yeah, I mean, that was our first thing at the beginning was to find the right property management company, somebody that was reputable and all of that. And we actually put our own properties under that property management company before having like other investors kind of like uh, figure out on their own that this was not the right property management company. But um, so that's so that's uh, very, very interesting because I think also and this is the advantage also of buying turnkey because you don't have to figure out the market. We find the right market or the turnkey provider finds the right market where it's going to cash flow. They already get rid of all the unknowns in terms of uh, how much it's going to cost in renovations. Now the renovations are done. What's the rent going to be like? Well, we have a tenant and here's the rent that they, they just signed up for. And, um, you know, so all, all of that, all these unknown, all these risks are, are removed. And uh, as you mentioned before, uh, you know, we were talking about returns and you're saying like you'd rather have like a little bit of a smaller return, uh, but kind of sleep at night and know that this is this is OK instead of having, yeah, maybe a bigger returns if you do a burr strategy. But but it's a lot of effort to get there to find the right contractor make sure that you know the, all the costs are lining up that you have the right market you have the right tenant and they're paying the rent that you thought they would pay and and then getting the refinancing at the end so finding the right lender make sure it's the right every, all those things have to line up there's a lot of things that need to line up in order to uh, for that to work so having a little bit of a lower return maybe uh, because you're buying turnkey yes but it's also a lot easier, also a lot easier to ramp up and buy multiple properties. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a, people often don't uh, put in, include the cost of their time into yeah. factoring ROIs, you know, yeah. but it, it absolutely uh, all any day of the week. So I was sharing with you, I, I had 120 homes. Uh, I now have 15 yeah. because I decided to sell off my properties and become a passive investor yeah. in a lot of different uh, things. Uh, and uh, yeah, I make way less money, but I sleep well at night. I can take an entire year off, which I almost did, yeah. and not have to worry about, hey, is my money still going to be coming in? Or is my property manager um yeah there i i think the biggest thing i can recommend is just to take action uh and it's like yeah i've lost millions of dollars but it's only because i lost millions of dollars that i was able to make so much more mm -hmm. and uh not being afraid to uh just just step up i might i didn't tell you but my very first property that i bought the one in 2013 i yep. bought it from an auction website oh my god <laughs> which is like the worst thing ever to do i bought it <laughs> blind i've actually I've, i haven't seen any of my properties i do everything uh remotely but yeah. yeah i bought it i bought it completely blind because um i just felt like man i do not want to be in this job for the next 40 years i just need to so i went to auction.com bid on it and uh, and got it <laughs> You must really have hated your job. <laughs> uh, I love my job, actually. Like, I really, really, yeah. I, I really did. I mean, I got to travel the world. I got to right. literally automate data, which is, to me, yeah. the best thing in the world. But, yeah, that that idea of um, spending my whole life working, that yeah. uh, no fun at all. So, yeah. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned also that, uh, you know, somebody that passed away, uh that was close by and uh 
Yeah, I mean, this is sometimes life is life uh, eye opening. I would say when you when you see that, you say, oh yeah, I have my priorities are all all wrong. Uh, my mother passed away a couple of years ago, and uh, and you know she was always interested in like art and things, and uh, you know um, like luxury clothes and that kind of stuff. And then when she passed away, she had to go to a a kind of like a, a palliative care house where it was kind of like the end, the end of time, <laughs> the end of the day. And she could take anything she wanted with her. So if you want art, if you want uh, clothes or whatever, whatever you wanted from your house that was so very, very precious to you, uh, you can bring it with you to make it your last days more comfortable. And she didn't want anything. She said, I don't care about any of that stuff. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what about this? What about that? Like, no, don't care about any of that stuff. It doesn't matter. It's like, wow, that was to me. I couldn't believe it. And um, yeah, I, I came home and then I, I I looked at boxes in the garage and called the uh, Junk King and uh, say, well, I have some. You have to come and pick up some boxes. <laughs> I've been yeah. accumulating garbage, my so. But that, that's true. So having the right priorities, I think it's good. And I think that's part of the problem, too, is that people, um, you know, you want to have fina financial freedom, in my opinion, as I said uh, in uh, many times, is that it should be everyone's number one goal. I mean, money is good and stuff like that, but it's what it can uh, afford you. And the most the thing that's most precious is to have your time back and buy yeah. your time back and be able to spend spend it with family, friends, travel and that kind of stuff and do what you enjoy and yeah. if you enjoy working you can still work that just doesn't yeah. mean you have to quit your job just keep working but at least yeah. you have the freedom to take three months off or the freedom of mind to tell your boss off or something <laughs> you're very unhappy but um yeah so that's what i think it's uh that's why i that's why i did this podcast and uh, this is why i interview people to kind of get get everyone inspired to to focus on that that aspect of things absolutely yeah i think and at the end of the day it's about helping others i mean i'm yeah. sure that's like the number one reason you have the podcast and i i you know i stopped working and then i sat around for six months at the beach did the travel and it was like man like this is this is horrible and as soon as i started <laughs> helping others yeah. uh it it's like it's like the most selfish thing you can do actually is help others because i was yeah. doing it for myself i didn't feel good and i wanted to feel good and yeah. i've you know i've got three kids i got a beautiful wife but at the end of the day it does come back to really giving to others and yeah. um that is always going to be the most rewarding thing you can do and having that financial freedom and that um the resources that you can help people yeah. uh it's like incredibly incredibly rewarding so yeah. yeah i feel very blessed to uh have gotten into real estate and uh it definitely was a, a life changing for me i mean yeah. i still would be there at the corporate job you know yeah. so um yeah it's been a, it's been a good journey so the other thing too is that you are kind of like at because of your real estate knowledge, you also decided that, okay, well, I'm going to keep some of these rental properties, but I'm going to, I'm going to diversify a little bit and I'm going to be investing in other people's deals. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about some of the deals, not the details necessarily, the deals, but sure. what kind of deals were they like the syndication that are cash flowing? Are they joint ventures or? 
I've, I've really started to diversify. So um, I, I took about 50 homes uh, and put it into cryptocurrency. This was in last year while I was still good. Now it's don't look, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was good last year. Um, uh, I bought into a gold mine in Colorado. Yeah. Um, I bought into water wells in um, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. um, I bought into a syndication deal in um, Chick. Uh, uh, um, somewhere and that wasn't Chicago, but oh, yeah. it was, uh, yeah. Um, uh, what, what else did I do with the funds? I bought into an electric vehicle company. So yeah, I really just started diversifying, yeah. diversifying uh, my funds. Uh, I do, you know, I kept about 15 properties. I took, uh, I took, uh, a lot of the, um, lower end ones and upgraded to some higher end ones and while the cash flow isn't as great, again, it's just uh, low turn, low turnover, less repairs, and all of yeah. that. So uh, that's been good. And then, um, yeah, diversified some more into some uh, lease options. Okay. Uh, and uh, those are great. Don't have to deal with the tenants or the toilets. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So really, just trying to diversify all over the place. Yeah. And as long as it's passive, I'm I'm in. Oh, wow. That's good. Uh, and then this pause also, or this reader, I would say this tweak in your strategy um, also led you to start your, your lead generation uh, company. Yeah. Right. So tell us about, about that. Yeah. So actually um, I started with a software, the way I generated all of my uh, off market deals was through uh, texting, cold calling, direct mail, Facebook ads, PPC ads, and I didn't see a software that did it all. There's kind of like you had to piecemeal it from different yeah. sources. Um, and so I, and on the data side, while there are plenty of data providers out there, I didn't feel like there was a good one that did the, the web scraping went off after those really hard to get niche lists, like the code violations, the water shutoffs, the tax delinquencies. So I wanted to build a software that really did the data and did the software. At the end of the day, though, I found that most investors, their skill sets were not in marketing. Neither yeah. was mine at the beginning, but, you know, three yeah. or four years of doing it nonstop. Um, and then I just started hiring good marketing people to help these yeah. investors. And then I was like, well, I've got the marketing. I've got the software. I got the data. Why don't I just create a marketing agency? So yeah. uh, stop doing the software side of things and move strictly into the marketing agency. And mm -hmm. it's been a blast. I mean, it is truly awesome. Um, I have a guy actually here in San Diego. Um, most of my investors, most of the guys are wholesalers. Yeah. Uh, so I have a wholesaler here in San Diego that's been trying to do it for, uh, I think 10 years and gone through every coach and everything else. And then um, I was like, man, you just need to get your marketing going. You're a great sales guy. And uh, we, he started about a month and a half ago. He's done three wholesale deals. And while that's so awesome to me is this guy's got the biggest, best heart in the world. Like way better oh, yeah. than mine. Like, this guy loves the homeless people and everything he does is to help the homeless. Wow. And like, truly like, like we were eating lunch because I live just right up the street in Seal Beach. And after lunch, he goes out and buys a nice hamburger at this restaurant, goes and gives it to the homeless guy. I'm like, no, wow. I would give him my leftovers. Like, no, this guy, <laughs> like the full on. And just to be able to see, I don't know, it's, it's really awesome to be able to see that not all investors, not all wholesalers are bad yeah. and that 
you yeah. know, it's not just providing for our own families, but helping others. So yeah, that's what we do. Um, and uh, it's tough. I will tell you that. I'm sure you see the lack of inventory right oh, now. Yeah. It is really, really tough to be generating these leads. It's like this perfect trifecta of there's more investors in this space than ever before. I was looking at bigger pocket stats and there's something like 30,000 new investors yeah. signing up every month. You got, that's the first trifecta. Then the second is that there's uh, no inventory. And then yeah. the third is there's technologies come so far that now yeah. there's a hundred different softwares and a hundred different places you can buy the data. So yeah, uh, yeah it's getting super tough, but- And uh, tons of money being yeah. put on in the hands of uh, the stock market, Wall Street. Oh, it's crazy. Investors. Yeah. Who was it? I just saw yesterday that uh, um, Jeff back, Bezos back. is backing. Oh, oh uh, yeah. Some new- Homebuying oh, company. I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the uh, Black BlackRock. Black. Yeah. BlackRock. Is that called? BlackRock. I don't know. I don't do. Yeah. Black. Space, BlackRock. Yeah. I think they're just uh, or Blackstone. I think is uh, yeah. They're investing another like three three billion dollars or whatever in yeah. uh, you know to invest in real estate, single family rentals, yeah. exactly in the markets that you and I are investing in. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, it's good and it's bad. I think the good side of that is. I don't believe anymore like I did in 2017 that there's going to be a big crash because you got all this institutional money with yeah. hundreds, tens of billions of dollars. They're yeah. going to be, you know, like if the home prices do want to start dropping, they're going to be coming in buying everything. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I see as like the positive side of it. Yeah, I don't th I don't think I never thought there would be a big crash like 2008. Um, there was a very big difference between now and 2008. 2008, there was millions of bad loans that were happening with like, you know, adjustable rates and, you know, people that couldn't afford the rate, they couldn't afford the mortgage after the rate increased. So after the 12 months period. So um so this now we don't we're not in that situation anymore we don't have the bad loans the people that have loans right now is just because uh you know if they're not paying you know this there's some program in place to uh you know to to kind of like renegotiate or re uh re yeah, renegotiate your your loan so that you don't uh, you don't lose the house and all that and the and so there's still good people they have good rating good good credit uh, rating they just like maybe they, they didn't have a job for three months and then they couldn't pay. Uh, so, you know, that that kind of stuff. So I don't think we have the same situation that we had in, in 2008. So and the government is on board to to, you know, to prefer, pres preserve any kind of like mortgages. If there's any kind of issues that this is going to they think is going to be massive foreclosure, they're going to be right on top of that. I have no doubt about it. So, yeah. Yeah. So I don't yeah. expect big foreclosure this time. No, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I think anyone who's saying there's a tsunami of foreclosures coming is yeah. just selling uh, his course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So and uh, in other areas, you know, yeah, maybe I mean, but maybe like in commercial real estate, if you have a big uh, office building in California, maybe that these would be a little bit more uh, troublesome to uh, to rent out if people work more from home or the uh, or the workers that can can work from home anywhere in another state then you know so that could be a little bit harder to rent or something like that but but the people that normally own these buildings they they have a little bit bigger wallets and uh, they're, they're able to handle that a little bit better
Yeah. 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 So. Well, so that was, uh, thank you very much, Josh, as, as we wrap it up. So if um, anything else you want to mention before that I forgot to mention before we, we wrap it up? No, I mean, I'm just a firm believer of stay in your lane, stay at what you're good at. Um, and if you enjoy it, then yeah, focus on that. But mm -hmm. uh, I do really, I honestly love this turnkey model. I think it's a great solution for a lot of people that are working full time. And uh, let me just tell you that it, it looks shiny, but I've done all the work and you know, you've done all the work and it is a insane amount of work to do it yourself. So mm -hmm. um, quite honestly, uh, if, if you can just passively invest, that's where I ended up. Like I did yeah. all this work yeah. to end up at passively investing. So yeah. uh, really do um, encourage you to uh, not quit your job and yeah. jump in. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think part of the problem is that we make it look easy. Yeah. Uh, if somebody looks outside and they say, oh, look, he talks to people all day, he's laughing and all that, <laughs> you know, and all the houses are far away and all that. But yeah, we make it look easy, uh, what we're doing, but, uh, you know, getting the, all these houses, I have a team of people that are, you know, working on this like full time. Yeah. And we have team on the ground, but also team here in uh, in the in the office, basically, to uh, you know to make that that magic happen. And uh, and it looks magical from the outside, but there's a lot of hard work and a lot of people working at it to make sure that these all these projects are running smoothly, and that uh, we provide good value for uh, for our investors. Um, so, Josh, if people want to reach out to you uh what's the best uh best way for them to reach out uh yeah you could uh, actually you can go to my website it's goforclose.com that's g-o-f-o-r-c-l-o-s-e.com mm -hmm. and you can actually book a call with me there um it doesn't have to be about us generating new leads i really do love talking about investing so yeah. happy to share with you um with your audience anything any questions at all Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate it. Pleasure. And talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martel. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.